kids. Yes. What's the term people use? Multicultural kids. What does that mean? I don't like that term. Yeah, I don't like it either. Is it, really, like, is it really multicultural kids though? Like, I feel like they use more of the term diversity is thrown around a lot. I, I, I don't know. Have you heard? I haven't really heard of multicultural kids as yeah. such. True, true. You know? I've heard multicultural but, kids, but I've always wondered, what does it mean? I've not heard that, but I'm just wondering, why do we need to define kids? Like, exactly. There have to be a... Yeah. It's not enough that we're put into the cold or whatever it's called. <laughs> we want to that kids now. <laughs> Passing it down the generations. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Leave yes. my kids alone. Leave my kids alone. They're mine. They belong to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I feel so sorry for these young ones. Like, not only are they struggling with their identity growing up, but now Australia has grouped them in these... With their name. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's like, if you wanted to stand out, that's just the way to do it, you know? But for my kids, well, my teenager, she wants to fit in, is what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. So these things don't actually help her with, you know, her development or feeling like she's Australian because people will ask her, where do you come from? She's like, well, I was born in Brisbane. Um, and they're like, no, but where do you really come from? It's like, no, I was really born in Brisbane, you know? So it's yeah. like. I am this, telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's this battle for like, why does she have to defend herself so hard that she's a, an Australian, you know? And I know it's because of the way she looks and diverse diversity and cultural heritage and whatnot, but. If she says she's born in Australia, she should not be asked twice. That's just my opinion. Why should people be asking in the first place? Well, that's the thing. They they really shouldn't, but... Mm. Okay, so for me, I really don't have a problem with curiosity, right? Like, mm. we're all curious. You want to know, especially when you see um, sometimes... Okay, perfect example, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is somebody that we both know, Emma, and she was saying to me how... Um, she took her kids overseas for the first time and obviously she's brown like us and the kids are biracial and I don't even like that thing but anyway just so that we understand what we're talking about and um, when they got back to Australia the uh, daughter was saying to her mom you didn't tell me that everybody where we went looked like you and, and she was like and for two of us for me I haven't stopped thinking about it you know because that's for her that's a child that was really that's a culture shock yeah. right but how, who would know to tell the child that look mm. everyone's not the same you know mm. so um, the point i'm trying to make is that i don't have a problem with curiosity because sometimes when we are in the on the receiving end if it's uncomfortable as it should be but then again you think about somebody who hasn't seen a brown person and, and for kids as well you know, sometimes I wonder why, the, why, is the, why, why are kids staring at us? But for some of them, they've probably never seen a brown person before because all around them, the people mm. they see look like them. And then she gave me an example of how when we're growing up, you know, back in Africa, you see a white person and you go touch them, you know, touch them and run away because Disclaimer, you want to I never, I never, you never did, did, that. did that. I did no. it, but I knew people who did that, you know. My mom. <laughs> oh, I hope she's not watching. Yeah, my mom. <laughs> 
point, I don't want us to digress from that point because we've got yeah. a lot of to talk about. But the point I'm trying to make is there's not there's nothing wrong with being curious, but do it respectfully, right? Yes, yes. And not make people feel like you're questioning their identity or That's who they it. are and their mm. sense of belonging. You know, I really don't have a problem with people being curious. You know, but mm. because I'm curious myself, I ask questions, and sometimes they might not be as you were told the other day, um, Emma. It's not an Australian way of asking questions, but <laughs> yes. But, but I, I like to ask questions. I need, I want to know sometimes, you know. I like yeah. um, my point is there's nothing wrong with being curious, but be very mm-hmm. respectful about the way you ask the question and not make the person feel like they have to defend their their humanity or <laughs> why they why they exist. And that's exactly. key, right? That's key. It has to be done respectfully. Mm-hmm. But I think we also have a responsibility mm-hmm. to teach our children how to respond to those questions without feeling it's an attack. That's a so good this, point. Yeah, because yeah. There's, there's a reason why they feel attacked when someone asks that question. Sure. If you if you ask that question my, to my eight-year-old, she'll say, yeah, I'm from Zimbabwe and I speak Shona. Because she's learned that, she's learned to be proud of her heritage. Mm. So I think there's a responsibility both from the people who are curious, ask respectfully and don't ask kids, you confuse them. Yeah, they're, you too, know? Like, they're too young it, to be put in that position of having to defend exactly, their, their identity. Exactly. Mm. But there's also a responsibility on us to teach our children how to respond or how to be proud in, you know, if it's pride and heritage or whatever it is, because there's no shame in saying where you are from. Like I've got no shame of where I'm from, Mm -hmm. but there's obviously something that happens with our children as they grow up. I've got an incident that happened when my daughter was really young, which I'll share, but I'm curious to know how have your, how have you brought up your children in, in Australia, because obviously they they are in the minority group, not the majority as we would have been used to. Except Leif, I mean, you've been here since you're five, but it doesn't change. I mean, I'm still in that group according to who I am. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, um, exactly. But you know, with my kids, what I have found is that I've had to reinforce their pride in their cultural background and their heritage. Like, yes, you have different hair, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I think Mm. it comes down to the way that people ask questions. Like Arode was saying, it's it's not really done in a respectful manner. It's more in a manner where they're pointing it out like it's a flaw. And I think that's where my daughter really struggles is like, she'll come home and be like, oh, why don't I have straight hair like everyone else? And I'm like, but why do you want straight hair like everyone else? You know, be proud of who you are. And Mm. I've had to show her a lot of great things that our people have done and and are doing in the world just to reinforce that because she's not getting that in her current kind of Mm. environment at school. So, I mean, that's just what I've had to be, had to do, sorry, just reinforce that you are a black, strong woman, you are and when I say strong, and because we had this conversation before, Em, when I say yeah. strong, I'm not saying strong as in whatever hits you, just I'm take it. And yeah, I'm saying strong as in you can get through certain trials and tribulations without it breaking you. Mm. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Orida, mm. because you mentioned there's a time we're having a chat about children and you know raising kids and you mentioned that you bring your children your children are Nigerian when they're in the house when they go out they're Australian 
Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as you would know, look at what I'm wearing right now. Every opportunity I get, I don't miss it uh, to showcase my heritage. You know, it took it took me a while to get to where I am now. But mm-hmm. like you, you, those of you who know me, I have, I, am, I would not miss a bit to tell you that I'm a proud Nigerian woman. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, t- I, I started telling my kids this a long time ago. You are Nigerian Australian. <laughs> You are not Australian, Nigerian. Yeah, and that true. message has finally sunk in. They know that they are Nigerians first before they are Australians, right? So yeah. the point I always try to make it, and I think it was one of my friends who brought that reality to me, and he hit me like, "Oh, this is true. First of all, being in Australia is not my kid's dream. This is my dream, mm. right? They didn't ask mm. to be born here. I decided oh. that I was going to bring them here. So sometimes I look back and I think." Um, this is all they've ever known. They were born here, right? So in, mm. when I talk about Nigeria and how things are done, you know, um, in terms of when you're disrespectful and all of that, they have no concept of what I'm talking about yeah. because this is where they were born. This is what they've always known, you know? So that's this very foreign to them. Yeah, this is home for them, right? Mm. So mm. at home, because I am Nigerian, I wouldn't say I eat a lot of Nigerian food, but when I'm home, I'm very Nigerian, right? You know, I speak my language and I don't even know how it is that when my kids, I, I found that someone said that, and, and I found that I found that to be true as well. That when they're talking to me at home, the way they speak to me is very different from when they're speaking to their friends. Yeah, yeah. we call that we call that white people's voice. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that white people's accent. <laughs> yes, talking to white people, you change your accent. <laughs> you know, so at home they are very, very. They, tr- I think it's also something that I wasn't aware of until somebody brought this to my attention as well. That look, when they are home, they are trying to fit in to be Nigerian, right? Because mm. this is a Nigerian home. My husband is Nigerian. I'm Nigerian. We talk when our friends come. We're very Nigerian. We're loud. The food, mm. everything, you know, mm. our friends. So when they are in that environment, they have to fit in to be Nigerian. But when they get out of the house, then they're Australians because everybody is out there is identifying or want to be identified as an Australian. So they are living in two worlds. And that's why sometimes I'm a bit sympathetic, even though I'm a very African mother, mm-hmm. where I don't know what their struggles are, right? I cannot say I walk their shoes. I didn't grow up in I didn't grow up here. Um, I came here in my late thirties. My kids I, I didn't go to high school here, I didn't go to primary school here. I don't understand how the school system works as far as being in this the school system itself. Mm-hmm. I mean I know what's happening because yes. I'm across board with what they ha- what happens at school. But in terms of being in a class with other students and all mm-hmm. the other things that happen as a student. I have no idea. And I cannot honestly say that I know. I'm trying to understand what it is that they go through on a day-to-day basis. But in reality, when I think about it, it must be a struggle for them. You know, Mm. they come home, not that they're a different person, but they need to, they want to be with mom and dad. They want to, and sometimes I guess they might also want to please us in being Nigerian, you know, and do the things that we like. I don't know. I'm just saying. What's your language? What language do you speak? So that's the interesting bit Igbo? about my family, right? Mm-hmm. My husband speaks Igbo. I'm Ishekiri. So Ugo uh, and I don't speak the same language. So at home, we predominantly speak Nigerian English. <laughs> I can't say we speak English. What is Nigerian English? Because this is my new. Kids, my kids are forever telling me, Mom, that's not, your, that's not how you say that. <laughs> my son was asking me a question and I was trying to be a good mother. <laughs> 
It's always a struggle. I can tell you that for sure. Definitely. <laughs> the good mother, always a struggle. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Feeling. One who's not screaming. Yes, yes. Liv, what language do you speak, Olivia? Do you speak any language other than English at home? Oh, look, I try. I try to speak Chi, which is the language Chi. Um, chi. T-W-I, but it's just the way we say it. Oh, T-W-I. I've never heard that before. Yeah, Yeah, me too. So I try, but, you know, I'm not not the best. So (laughs) whatever comes out, just take it. And when you're by yourself, it's hard as well, right? Yeah, definitely. But my mom speaks it. My mom speaks it to us, so... It's like when I'm around my siblings, we can we can speak it because we know that if we pronounce something wrong, we just laugh it off and move on. But if mm. I dare speak it in the Ghanaian community or to another fellow yeah, Ghanaian, I'm sure. Oh man, I'm sure I'll be like, I'm sure they'll be like, what is she speaking like? Like what is going on? Yeah, uh, yeah. But I try, uh, I try. You know, with the the whole thing with kids, and I think we were. You both know me, and you both know how I feel about empowerment and you know just getting the mindset set right (laughs) if I could just change if I could rewire people's brains I would do it in a good way not like in a spooky um, (laughs) not in a spooky way but in a good way but one of the things we faced because we moved to Australia when our daughter was almost two and she had grown up and gone to daycare we we were surrounded by mixed communities. Uh, we had very close white friends. We had very close Indian friends, um, very close brown friends like us. And she was used to that mix. She had never been in an environment where she would be the only brown person. So she never questioned who she was. But when we moved here and she went to daycare, she was the only brown kid. She was the only one that looked like her. And kids would ask questions like, why is your skin like that? And she came home one time and she was utterly distressed. And she said, mama, can you just make my hair look like everyone else? You know, and it broke my heart. But then I realized that I wasn't doing my duty as a parent because I talk a lot about empowerment, but you can only be empowered when you're informed, right? So what I did was I then spoke to the school to start what I called cultural talks. And I went in every third month to talk about different cultures, heritage. And I spoke about Zimbabwe because, well, that's where I'm from. And I spoke about the different ways we dress, how versatile our hair was. And at that time, I kept um, my hair a little bit long and it was in twists. And I was explaining to them that, you know, our hair is different. Some can be straight, some can be twisted, some can be like this. And it got to a stage where all the kids were fascinated by different cultures. And the Asian kids that were, they started wearing their traditional outfits and speaking Mandarin. And there was this richness of culture, appreciation and celebration that started. And they had cultural days one day in a term where people would come dressed in their traditional outfits. And from then on, my daughter has never questioned why her hair looks the way it does. She's never questioned why her skin looks the way it does. And she's got this inner pride. And that's where I was saying, look, I'm not saying that 
it's the perfect solution. But I found it helped with acceptance and it helped with knowledge that in diversity, there's beauty. There's nothing wrong with being different, but it's enriching to be different. And we all bring something to the table by being different. So anyway, that's that was just the one thing I felt I could control because I was at a loss. Yeah. I think, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I've come off a different perspective on that because I've grown mm. up the only African in the school or, you know, like similar to your mm. daughter. And yes. it would have been so great if my parents did what you did and came in and gave that cultural awareness. But I think it's the time that, you know, I was growing up in my, my parents were also hustling and, and trying to make something yeah. of themselves in the country. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have that luxury of being able to come into the school and, and do that. Whereas nowadays, I feel like schools are more open to those kind of things, more opportunity to do those things. So I think your daughter is very fortunate to have a mother that is really pushing that agenda. Because if I had that growing up, I think that would have mm-hmm. really helped shape who I am today and make me, I guess, more proud of who I was back then and who I am mm-hmm. today. I'm, I'm still, I'm still Ghanaian regardless. But you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it would have made a difference, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would add to what you just said, Emma. So one of the, I would tell you honestly, I don't like to use the word fear or that I'm afraid. But one of the very, mm. the fears that I had when I knew I was having a boy and a girl was the hair and how I was going to manage it. And how, for some reason, I kind of knew that it was something she'd be concerned about. Mm. You know, so from a very early age, and I think I mentioned this to you, Emma. Mm. I started telling her how. And I changed my hair quite often, as you would know. So Yes, I, I, I love it. <laughs> so I started um, letting her know from an early age, because I know she asked me that question once, and after that, never asked me the question again. Mm. Um, something about wanting to straighten her hair. And mm. um, I knew where the question, and why she was asking the question. And yeah. I made an effort to make sure that she always has... I mean, not too much color, but her hair was always done nicely, you know. Mm. And she, and I told her, I said, look, you're the only one in your class, obviously, she's the only black person in her class. You're mm. the only one in your entire class of all the girls in your class that can change her hair every time, and she does, mm. you know. So as soon as that hit her, it became yeah. something of pride. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So every time she would go into school, and obviously when um, it's different, people would like, oh, your hair is nice, you know. Yes. Those compliments keep coming, which mm. she kind of started to feel good with. So I've never really, because I think it's also, like we're all saying, how knowing early is also important and how to yes. deal with it. Because it's just like all three of us sitting here. People don't, mm. would always question why, who gave us a right to be on the table? Yeah. That question would always come up, you know, mm-hmm. why are we on the table? Why are we mm-hmm. even having this discussion, you know? Mm-hmm. But instead of always having to defend why we're on the table, how can we empower ourselves, just like we're doing, empower yes. our kids to not have to defend themselves or mm-hmm. um, respond in a manner that makes it look like they'll be questioned about why they're here in the first place, you know? It's just like changing it's that conversation. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. it positive, you know, and... Um, give them that sense of make them feel proud. Interestingly, when we went to watch the um, Nigerian Australia match, I didn't say anything, but obviously, my kids know who I'll be supporting. I was honestly surprised that throughout that match, you should have seen my two children. Yeah, they were going in for Nigeria when Australians would boo, they would scream and shout. 
Why are you being so losers? They were, they were, my kids were, <laughs> they were feral. But I think that's what they need. They need opportunities mm. where they can represent mm. where they're from, you know? I think that's exactly. a great thing. I exactly. felt so proud that honestly, I cannot tell you how proud I was. I te- I thought to myself, my job is done. If my mm. kids can know without a shadow of doubt in their hearts that first of all they are Nigerians and they'll go to a football match between Australia and Nigeria and support Nigeria instead of Australia. I'm good. Your job is done. <laughs> my Your job's job is done. done. I can go home now. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I, I think that our culture and our heritage is so important. And I know some people, a lot of, not a lot, but some people do send their children back home. Not Africans. I haven't heard of Africans doing oh, that, I but heard. I know in some cultures, they send their children back home to learn the language and to learn a few things about where they are from because there's the belief that they get grounded when they have an understanding of who they are and where they are from. So I don't know, maybe there's something in that, but I love, I get to teach my child and I choose to teach her and I learn in the process Mm. through the questions that she asks and the curiosity that she has. So, but then we could talk about this the whole night. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's but one of those topics that goes on yes. forever and ever. Yeah. Can I but just I, add yeah. that one of the things that I kind of, that made me, got, I, I got intentional about, even though I'm not teaching my kids, all of the things I want to teach them, but just um, being grounded in their heritage and their identity was mm. when a colleague of mine, I was talking to them about when I got married, what happened, you know, very mm. traditional in that, I, I guess all of us are when we're getting married, you know, all the things that I had to wear, I showed them photos and we're like, mm. and one of my, co- actually two of them were like, oh my gosh, we have nothing, like when we're getting married, we just, you know, there's no, you're talking about bride price being paid and i thought to myself that's really a good they, they said it as if they were missing something mm. you know and i thought mm-hmm. if somebody then i should be very proud of the culture that i have Definitely. you know i should be able to teach my kids and yeah i show i show my daughter you know this is what happened when i got married mm. this is what mm-hmm. i wore see how shiny it is because it was all gold and all of that you know Ooh. so that she doesn't want to go and get married just in court you want to do this, yeah you know? yeah the whole traditional <laughs> trying to make her feel like if you don't do this you're missing out you know and that's the thing it's I'm curious, like I'm really curious to know where the shame comes from. Mm-hmm. So there's this, I think, you know what, we just, we just touched it on a little bit uh, when we started. It's about the way the questions are framed. But I think our role and our duty as parents is to help our children answer those questions without feeling offended, mm-hmm. to be already said that people are curious. People are naturally curious. So they'll ask, and unfortunately they'll ask the wrong way, mm-hmm. but it's our job to make sure that our children are empowered enough to say, oh, if someone says, oh, why do you have thick lips? And the response shouldn't be, oh, because of the, it should never be an explanation. It should be, oh, but why are your lips that way? Yeah. Because it, it goes both ways, right? Yeah, mm, yeah. That's true. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. And by asking that, people, it's it's like a light bulb moment. It's like someone saying to me, oh, you speak good English. And I'm like, oh, so do you. Mm. And they're like, oh, 
it's the only way it registered in his head that, oh, that was not an appropriate comment, you know. So, But that's how we learn and we teach and we have grace. We have grace towards people because we are all learners, aren't we? Mm. <laughs> we are all learning something. And the more we teach, the, I think the better this world will be, especially for our kids. They need that. Yeah. I think you made a very important point there, Emma. And um, I mean, yesterday you and I attended an event where one lady openly said to us that she's learned so much and whether she liked it or not, there was unconscious bias that she did not know about. Yes. But then mm. again, um, I went for a baby shower. Today I went for a baby shower on, um, on Sunday. It was here. And mm. when we were talking about culture shock, some of the things that when we came into Australia, you know, were really strange for us. It was interesting to hear everybody talk about what their culture shock was from people going to the shops without shoes and bring a plate. To... <laughs> oh, you all bring a plate. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know what I said? I said to them that as much as we think that we're being shocked, I can also, I, I, I think I would not be wrong to say that Australians are actually quite shocked as well as some of the things we do and say. That's true. Uh, let's qualify that. When you're saying Australians, you're talking about white Australians? White Australians. Yeah. Okay. Because we're all Australians. That's right, call. White Australians. That's, mm, yeah, yeah. But then again, Emma, let's. I think we should have another conversation that talks about this. So, in Nigeria, I don't know. I'm sure you, you're, you're Southern African, so this applies to you. Um, some of my friends are genuinely shocked that when we cook, we actually cook with meat, fish, chicken, the whole lot. Yes, yeah, see your face. In one pot. Yes. <gasps> Okay. Hmm. Is that a shock? It's a shock for do you her, do Olivia. Do you do that as well, Olivia? I mean... We still have food. I need to taste that, that dish. We are shocked that you would only cook and use one animal. We use... <laughs> That's one way to put it. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm going to bring my white Australian friends. You've, you've met Sandra, you know her, but I've got more. And I was going to say, I'm going to bring my white Australian friends and we talk about what shocked them and what shocked us. But I'm beginning to think, yeah, but I'm beginning to think, I'm beginning to think we need to talk about culture shocks because what you've just said. So that's the first shock, right? So the second shock is this. When we actually, so there are certain things you call it Sazza. I think that's what yes. you call it. Yeah. Yes. So we, we have different, there's different um, variants of it. We can make it with rice. We can make it with yam. There are different things we make it with. When we make it, right, mm-hmm. we don't chew it like you do. Okay. We actually just swallow it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get chocked? Because it's quite big. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes, we have lots to talk about, Emma. Yeah. We are civilized that. in Southern Africa. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot understand why you would choose such. <laughs> it, it's what? true. It's true. Like when we eat fufu, you just swallow it. Like if if yes. you are caught chewing fufu, like the look yes, people will give you. <laughs> How do you enjoy it, though? But the point is that you eat. We eat it with what we call soup. Th- yeah. that's another story right yeah, yeah, yeah. so we eat it with something we don't just put sansa and meat on a plate and start to eat or with vegetables it's, it's, it's yum. <laughs> that is goulash <laughs> oh 
Oh my gosh. Oh my okay. gosh. I think I think we've established we need two episodes. One where we talk about our different cultures because mm-hmm. when people talk about Africa, we are all lumped into one. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and we're not. We're not, not one. Clearly we're not. Because <laughs> what you've just described has blown my mind. <laughs> wow. And when people talk about when we talk about culture shock, it's different for all of us. Yes. Mm. It's like some people would be like, Yeah, you know, that's pretty normal to me. But for some of us it would be like, What? That happened? You know. But yeah, oh oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely need to go to bed now because <laughs> you've just blown my world. <laughs> There's more coming, trust me. Oh, <laughs> my word. Oh. Well, ladies, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this thank amazing you, conversation. Thank you. I think we need to carry it on. And I would love to have this conversation again with people that have probably had different experiences from ours. Thank you. And if you've been listening to this episode and you have found it quite insightful, we would love to hear from you. If your children were not born in Australia, would love to know how you're bringing them, how you're bringing them up as, you know, kids that have one heritage in the house and another one outside the house. Let us know in the comments, send us an email. Would love to talk more about this and explore this topic of how we can raise empowered children in a country that unfortunately they could be minoritized. So it will be good to know. How are you doing it? And what tips can you give to parents that are raising children that have not been born in Australia? Thank you for joining us. And today, I just want to remind all of us to be kind, to be graceful, and to treat curiosity with empathy, because we're all learners on this earth. And the more we learn, the more we impart knowledge, the better we will be and the better world we'll leave for our children. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode. 